Yeah, this one isn't as zippy as I'd oh. hoped. All right, well, we'll do some oh. research. We'll I feel like out. I should be doing yoga now. I really should. I'd be I, stretching. I, we probably all need yoga now. Oh, God, yeah, especially after <laughs> last week. They have beer yoga. So, hello, everybody. This I is saw your, that in uh, London. Your host, Chris, and this is another round of Monkey Business. In the studio with me, as always, is the irrepressible Billy DeTore. Hello. The irrepressible, maybe not nearly as repressed as we were accusing her of, but still, you know. Okay, there's the finger again. Yes, hello, Tanya Metris. And with Hi. me, as always, Ray King Hi. and Dolly. Hello, Dolly. It's hello. We're going to do that every time now. You need to know that. On the phone with us. A new. A new voice in the crowd. Uh, and uh, with us, my dear friend, Sherry Elberski from, from the deep regions of, what, was it, it's Rome? We're in Rome? Utica. In so Utica. In Clinton. Clinton. In Clinton. In Utica, where when in Rome, you do as the Romans do. But you're, you're not in Rome anymore, so that works. Nope. Um, Sherry and I have been friends for a very, very long time. And as Sherry will have you, uh, we'll tell you the anecdote some other time, but uh, <laughs> Sherry's actually my first wife, but not legally. Uh, anyway, it's, it's more of an in-joke Back than in anything else. Back in medieval times, it was. Back in medieval times, apparently when you share chocolate, you're married. And so, and that'll explain why the You've church kind of a lot, then. I have. I've gotten married a lot over the years. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm like... What is that? Uh, That's is, what's that? Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah, Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Dolly. All right. So Christopher Taylor. Yeah, Chris. Well, you know what? That's Air high five for it. you, Dolly. I think you just came up with a new uh, a pen name for me. Oh, Christopher Taylor. See, when I finally start publishing books, it'll be under Christopher Taylor now. Okay. I'm gonna see. That's. I'm writing that I down. I get royalties. No, you don't. <laughs> I'll just. You'll be my agent for the booking tours. Anyway. <laughs> Book signings. All right. 50%. So, gang, the reason that I, uh, I'm having Sherry call in is, one, she's awesome. That's that's like the main reason. And, and she's uh, she's always got a great opinion on things. Uh, she, and she has an opinion on everything. She's got an opinion on everything, and she's not afraid to share it. Share. Usually not. And and since you've been listening to our podcasts, you, you what now what was it you were just telling us? You were telling us a quick anecdote before we started recording. Okay. Well, what I was saying was that I'm, I, I listen to several podcasts and I'm very big on them. And I listen to them all the time, but um, this podcast is the only one that I actually talk back to. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> so here we are. I, out loud, my family thinks I'm crazy. And to add to this whole crazy woman motif that I've got going on with uh-huh. your podcast, um, I was listening to it while I was in Walmart today <laughs> and talking. And See, I no, that actually fits in with the Walmart. Knew I was listening to something. I was just randomly going, "Are you kidding me? What? <laughs> no." Yeah, See, uh, I'm, I'm developing quite the reputation. Thanks. It's good to know someone else has visceral reactions to podcasts <laughs> because I have a couple that just make me laugh out loud, and I take the bus to and from work or, or home okay. from work. And there are times where I try and not laugh because I would look ridiculous <laughs> sitting by myself laughing out loud. And so I'll, I'll try and hold it in. I just start shaking, and then eventually I laugh. I've actually had people move away from me. I, I call oh, it my no. own form of Tourette's. There you go. Actually, in, the, in, in uh, mid, midway of writing, because uh-huh. I write my own uh, comic, right. I'll be listening to the podcast, uh-huh. and because it's so damn funny, I'm over here writing what you guys are saying. Oh, I'm see? Like, oh, crap. That's not what that we're, person we're, was We're not to background say. noise at that point. We're actually, you know, we're dictating at that stage. That's amazing. All right. So the, the, the first the first run, I wanted to give Sherry a chance, because, and I'm, I'm Sherry, I'm going to love having you on board if you, if you want to give a regular call in every so often to, to abuse us. Um, but I just friended you. <laughs> oh, awesome. Tanya just friended you on Facebook. Um, 
the long and the short of it is is you have been very open about your opinions on some of the things we've said and I love that because that's that gets the discussion <laughs> going and that's what I love and, and and I love it when people don't agree with me but they do it respectfully that's fantastic because then the discussion really kicks in and then you learn something everybody gets to learn something including me who I have I've said on several occasions usually at the beginning of podcasts or during panels at, at FC3 or whatever I am not an expert I'm just the guy who happened to be the one to stand up and say I'm going to be the one to lead the talk about this mm. you know I've learned a lot in the past three years of doing this this show um, but uh, I'm really I don't consider myself an expert in the field so if somebody disagrees with me and you've got a good reason and you want to have a great conversation about it I'm all in and that so and so Sherry today is your day honey you are going to have your opportunity the first topic we're going to go through is way back towards the end I think it was right around Thanksgiving last year we we did a podcast about my my personal top 10 favorite she probably has the date sci-fi. written down it's possible she's good at research um, she's it was the beginning of February oh, was it okay so I, I mean I, we, we recorded, recorded it in November I think we recorded like it in November okay. December and didn't get around to airing it until like the new year um, but the long and yeah. short of it I, I had come up with my list of top 10 sci-fi movies that I that were my favorites or for a variety of reasons and you had to narrow it to 10 I did it was a hard list I admit to this day that that was a really hard list and I don't even agree with some of my choices Ray's laughing right now it is i don't even agree with some of my choices because it was i was just trying to do the best i could um and i think i'd spent like 12 hours compiling that list and we're and wheedling it down and whatnot so anyway i mean and fair then I enough present- if you're a big fan of uh-huh. something it's very hard it to just is narrow it really is down to 10. and and you know when i presented the list Wayne was here and and he'd made a lot of good he'd made a great comments and and you guys kind of picked apart and you added some things and whatnot and so this and then that conversation just kind of fell by the wayside now Sherry has brought it back to the forefront and she's been talking to me about it and talking to me about it and and mentioning it and and this that and the other thing she had a chance to come to town recently and we got a chance to hang out and we were chatting about it and I'm like this is going to be great I'm going to give her a platform I'm going to give her an opportunity so Sherry I'm going to let you have the floor honey rip it grip it and rip it as they say in golf and and I want to hear what you got to say about this list I can't okay. even remember the list. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we'll we'll go through it, and I'll just explain. Um, okay, first of all, um, I really sat down after you and I talked about me coming on today. Mm-hmm. I sat down, re-listened to it, and tried to figure out what it what what I agreed with, what I disagreed with, and if I did disagree, why I disagreed with it. Okay, sounds good. I didn't want to just. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. Your number four, two thousand and one. I I just disagree with it because <laughs> I think it's one of the most boring movies ever made. And you know what? I agree. It's not an exciting. You know, we're so used to you know explosions and action and, and adventure and, and tension and things like that. I, I picked two thousand and one because I felt, and I I think I said this at the time on the in the podcast itself. I liked what it meant to the genre. It was something new. It was something different. It was something surreal. And and had these great visuals, something that really had not until that time in the 60s when it was produced had really not been explored. So I I thought it was an important movie in terms of what it meant to the industry at the time that it was produced. I didn't you know, my personal opinion is I agree with you. It is. It's very slow. It's very methodical. Uh, it, it's very kind of makes no sense. uh, Well, then there's the time, you know, when you get to the montage at the end where it's kind of, you know, it blows your head. You really should be. You know, probably on something or drinking something heavy at that point to really appreciate the. I think the director I don't think I've ever seen. It. <laughs> well, you know what? You're really not missing much, but I had Except added for it like to the list hour because and a half of, uh, no, it's a couple hours. Napfest? Well, no, not really. I mean, like I said, there's there's a strong sense of, of visual and imagery and and uh, an allegory and all. There's, there's a lot of poetry to it in its own way if you look at it from a certain standpoint. I felt like I said it was. It may not be a great film of all time, 
but it was an important film for what it's represented at the time it was produced. But anyway, carry on, Cher. I'm not going to sit there and talk According about it. According to Cher, okay. it's not a good movie at all. Well, there you go. There's that. There's that, and that's a valuable opinion, too. Okay, so for the ones that you had on your list, I'll just quickly go through the ones that I had no problem with that I think are fantastic also. Groovy. Um, Fifth, Fifth Element. Okay. Love it. Yep. Love it. Yes. Multi-pass. Love that movie. It's definitely one of my, it comes on, the clicking stops. Okay. Yes. Yep. Um, Close Encounters, while not one of my favorite movies, it is an amazing film. It's not something that I would sit down and watch over and over again, mm-hmm. but it is something that every sci-fi Fans should watch at some point, at least once. It's definitely an important one. I think I saw it on uh, the Sci-Fi Channel. Is that the one that's got the yeah. big mountain at the end? Yeah. Okay. With Richard Dreyfuss. Yeah. Well, I yeah. I remember tell now. You who's in yeah. It. And I will agree with you with the version of Time Machine that you chose. Okay. I prefer the remake. Oh, I love that kind of validation. Yeah. What was I it about really, that particular? I really like that one. What was it about that one that in particular that caught your attention? Um, I think it was in some, okay, the, the earlier ones were more true to the actual text of the story mm-hmm. in some ways, mm-hmm. but I think that one was more true to the intent. Okay. The, the wonder of it, the, I mean, I don't need something when it, when, a, when you're making something from another form, like a book or a play or something, I don't need it to be perfect. I need it to invoke the same emotion. There we go. And and I think that one did that better than some of the earlier ones, which were a little too clinical for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. You should have seen him dancing were... in the studio just now. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing a little jig. It's like one of those inflatable sticks that has he the kind of like around the, the Spider-Man, but yeah. like upward. <laughs> yeah. I was doing the drunken giraffe, but it's all good. So, no, it's, it's it's always good when somebody you know when you realize somebody is seeing something the same way you do. You know that's that's just kind of yeah. that was cool. So thank it, you for that. I appreciate uh, that. Kind of refreshing to always hear that somebody agrees with the remake more than the original. Yeah. I mean, I get Wayne's original point about the classic. I get it, and yeah. and and there's something to be said about the classic version. It's not a bad movie, but when no, it's a very good movie. Yeah, but me personally, when I compare one to the other, I'm going to go with the newer version because of that. That level of intent rather right. than sticking to the, you know, to the, the, the script, as it were. All right. Absolutely. I, I feel a, I feel a, a butt coming on. No, not yet. Okay, I good. Can I go back real quickly to yeah. uh, 2001? Because I, I've never seen 2001. Okay. I so I, I Googled um, American Film Institute, who is like the list masters of okay. all great movies. Uh-huh. According to them, it's the greatest science fiction movie of all time. Wow. Which I that have no a, opinion that about. That is a movie for critics. That is a movie for directors. Right. That is a movie for um, for visual arts. That is not a movie that is is really was meant for anybody but the people who made it and their buddies. So, Sherry, we could boil opinion. it down to 2001 A Space Odyssey. is basically an art piece. Well, I Pretty can much. understand that. Yeah, as and you're a cinematographer, Dally. I love the movie Citizen Kane, but uh-huh. like some of my younger friends who've tried to watch Citizen Kane, they're mm-hmm. like, "This is boring. I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't mm-hmm. see what the big deal is." But as cinematographer, that was the one movie that started a lot of the different type of camera angles, and he was an innovator in his way, right, with filmmaking. So I can understand like that aspect of loving a movie because of its like. 
role in the mm-hmm. in industry. So like I said, that and that yeah. boils down to why I, I put it on the list in the first place was not so much because it was this amazing, awesome, you know, meaningful thing for all the ticket holders, but it was an important piece to how the industry approached the genre. So yeah, so that's cool. That's it what has we, can, a we can work lot with of that. High it does have a lot of high you know what? And I'm gonna tell you something. In my personal opinion, I think it has a tremendous amount of high ratings because people were told to have the high ratings of it. Mm. You know, we've, we've people who claim to be ex- experts like us here. We, we talk that movie up so much, and film teachers and and art you know art, artists and critics will say this is a great movie. So people will look at it and go, okay, two thousand one space, Odyssey, great movie, yeah, great, yeah, we heard all about it, it's awesome, and I'll give it five stars, even though they may have seen half of the movie or or maybe have never seen the movie at all, but they'll just register it automatically as a great movie because, well, you know, politically speaking, we Americans are great at being sheep, <laughs> you know. So so there you have it. So anyway, carry on, my wayward girl. What's what you got next for me, Sherry? Okay, um, the Alien movies. The Alien movies. Fantastic. Yeah. The Alien franchise is fantastic. Uh-huh. I think Ripley is one of the great characters of sci-fi ever. Okay, I, and, and I will agree with you hands down on that one. And, and I don't think it would have been successful without Sigourney Weaver. I don't think I'm oh, ready no. for this re- God, no. for this new movie that's coming out though. But let me ask you this. Does the Aliens franchise have weak spots? Yes, of course okay. it does. Everything has weak spots. Right. Pretty much everything after the third movie. Okay. <laughs> so so we're you and I are pretty much right on dead agreement with, with the aliens with, with aliens right there. So that's that's cool too. So you didn't like Aliens versus Predator? <laughs> you know what? I didn't even see that one. I was I, I, I wrote that one off as if when I saw the first trailer. Oh wow, really? Yeah. When I saw the first trailer for Aliens versus Predator, I'm like, not even a chance. I think I was like ten when no. the movie first came out. Yeah, stop I it, puppy. Prometheus and I wanted my money back. I was like, I think I've seen I wanted to kill myself for having ever watched that movie. I watched the first 15, 20 minutes of, of Prometheus. And I had rented it, so I had I had a DVD, so I was, it was a, I was able to, to peacefully shut it off, pop the, the DVD back into its case, and go about my business without any real regrets. I loved the the visuals of the the first few minutes of Prometheus. You know the ship and the way they I the crew interacted and, and everything. Yeah. Okay. Well, well. You, you want know. your dollar back, right? Do, Dolly wants her dollar back. <laughs> Yeah, that dollar could have got her some, chi- yeah, some chips. Yeah, I, I can't jump onto the Alien franchise. Really? That's just not my yeah. take. Is it the whole Alien coming out of I, the stomach it's just, thing? Well, the second one's maybe the best monster movie ever. I, I'm with see, you on I'm that one, Billy. I'm not a big monster movie Spaceballs. person fan, <laughs> that type of thing. It took me forever to see Spaceballs. So, oh, okay. no, not again. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think I've seen Alien, but uh-huh. it's not something that I would the go The first Alien and, was the first movie to genuinely put me behind the couch shaking in fear. And I, and I was 17 or 18 when I finally saw it, too. <laughs> so let that be a perspective for you. It came out when I was nine. I waited a long time to finally see it. Oh, um, yeah, so. But, yeah, I'm, I, you know, I'm hands down. I think Aliens it was probably one of the best action or monster movies ever. But anyway. All right. Agree. Carry on, my dear. Okay. And the last one that I'm going to agree with you on okay. is Blade Runner. Okay. Which, if we're talking about visuals, if we're talking about evoking a feeling based on just the world building, mm-hmm. that's an amazing movie. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, now we get into <laughs> the ones I don't agree. And uh, I, I want to preface this by, I think my disagreement comes from, I think that you and I have a different definition of sci-fi. Okay. All right. I, I think I know where you're coming just by that statement. On your list that I do not consider sci-fi. All right. Let the let the discussion, let the debate begin. Okay. 
Now, uh, Mad Max, okay. in my opinion, is not sci-fi. All right. Why not? Okay. To me, and, and this is, I mean, both of our opinions are very valid. There's different schools of thought on this. Mm-hmm. Some people automatically put dystopian stories mm-hmm. under the heading of sci-fi as a subgenre of sci-fi. The post-apocalypse kind of mm-hmm. gathering. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I put dystopian fiction as a co-subgenre with sci-fi mm-hmm. under the category of speculative or genre fiction. See, you just became ten times more intellectual than I am on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Well, I, mean, I, did. I think there's several uh-huh. subgenres. Uh-huh. There's horror, okay. sci-fi, uh-huh. fantasy, dystopian. Um, the only subgenre that I would actually put directly under sci-fi would be something along the lines of steampunk. Okay. Because to me, if, if there's not some sort of advanced technology uh-huh. and or space involved, to me, it's not sci-fi. Okay. And it's funny. And I, Mad, to me, Mad Max is not sci-fi. Gotcha. I, I just Googled a science fiction definition, and according to dictionary.com, it uses scientific discoveries or advanced technology as a... Uh, as she says, so All right. nice job. So, so Mad Max. But there are some people who put dystopian under it, so I understand mm-hmm. why they would think that. But to, so, to, but in my opinion, Mad Max doesn't belong on the list because it's not sci-fi. Hey, you know what? You, your your argument was not well. I don't I I don't want Mad Max on the list because it sucked. You know, this, you had a, you had well, a logical, rational too, reason no. for it. So, and, and, and I'm actually... I think I've seen that one. I'm feeling a little on the educated side on this one right now because I, I'd not really considered that. And you're bringing up terms that I have, was not familiar with. So, you know, it definitely helps kind of put it in, in a different perspective. So that's cool. Thank you for that. All right, moving on. And one of your honorable mentions, I think also I take off the list because of that, and that's V for Vendetta. All right, yeah. I mean, when when you put it that way, when you describe the way you did with Mad Max, then V for Vendetta is it? You know what? And V for Vendetta is more of a comic book movie because it came from a graphic novel, right? Yeah. You know, so and I, put, I put like superheroes while they would be considered sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I put them out so as a separate category, but that's only a personal preference. Gotcha. And I think you know we've we've talked about that in the past because especially when we've had our discussions of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the the DC Cinematic Universe, et cetera. You know we've kind of talked about the differences between sci-fi and comic book movies, and and there's there's a whole lot of stuff going on there. And it's funny. Just this week, I was thinking about the difference between sci-fi and fantasy because my mm-hmm. wife and I. Uh, binge watched a show called American Gods on Stars. How was it? I haven't seen that yet. So good, so it, good. It, it's very good. And but Susan liked it better than I did. And I tried figuring out why. And I think it's because in general, I like science fiction better than fantasy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this is more. Fa- this is definitely fantasy, what as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned. And I, I think that has something to do with. There's more of a. a fantastical element to it than science, as uh, Sherry yeah. says. All right, what do you got, Ray? I actually learned something new. You did? What'd yeah. you learn? Well, <laughs> hey, I, this is Jojo, edu- what do you say? I knew V for Vendetta was a comic, but I didn't know that it was under the DC comic. You did yes. not know it was a DC no. property? See, That would be Detective Comics. <laughs> yes, Detective <laughs> Comics. That I learned last week by uh, DC Billy's movies are not t-shirt. all bad. There, there are a few good ones that I, are out I there. I had no clue that that was a DC comic. There you go. See, Ray learned something new. I'm a DC fan. See? We're taking away your DC You hang card. out with us, you learn things. I am enlightened. That's it. You, you, <laughs> you, now, you now glow, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sherry, keep us going. 
please okay, get us so back on track. Okay, my last one is the is one of the two points that I was a little worried to talk about mm-hmm. because I know I'm going to step on major toes. With this. <laughs> and I don't know, and I cannot talk about it if you feel that you don't want to. And that is my opinion on Star Wars. All right, here it comes. Go ahead. Okay, a while back I sent Chris a blog post by my favorite sci-fi writer. And the title of the post, I think, probably put him in the wrong frame of mind immediately. Mm-hmm. And that was, the, the title of it is, The Lie of Star Wars as Entertainment. Yeah. I, I read, I think I read maybe the first... Line. No, I, I read into it. <laughs> it it oh, was a couple two pages, lines. It was a couple of pages long, and, and I, I think I read most of it, and then I started skimming, and then I was just like, fuck this. <laughs> oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. It we'll have me. to put explicit on this one, oh, Billy. Oh, stop. People are oh, used God, to me by now. If you put explicit, I can actually use my favorite line from the blog. Yay! <laughs> Go to it, then. Okay. Basically, the, the author's name is John Scalzi, who mm-hmm. I absolutely adore his work. Um, his thing is not that Star Wars is not entertaining and that you can't be entertained by it. His point is it was never intended. He didn't. He, George Lucas didn't care if it was entertaining. See, and I disagree he because had, I've heard he enough interviews with the guy to know that he was trying to make a movie people would enjoy. It really was not his main point Okay. in making these movies. He had a mythology. Right. And he was going to, the whole story was not to entertain, the story was to further his mythology. Mm-hmm. And... Anyone who thinks that he had a huge plan over what he was going to be obviously hasn't watched the movies back to back because there's so many plot inconsistencies. Well, yeah. Among the three films, mm-hmm. the first three, we're not even going to talk about the travesty that is the, the second trilogy. Um, okay, the prequels. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the prequels. Yeah, we, we agree because wholeheartedly there, that, my dear. That was an entirely different category. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was an entirely different order of magnitude. Mm hmm. Um, and the only thing that could have saved those was somebody somebody else directing and writing them. <laughs> yes. um, but, and you and I talked a little bit about this because to me, the best Star Wars film, and I know it wasn't out yet when you guys did the original podcast, mm-hmm. is Rogue One. Mm-hmm. To me, that is just the best Star Wars film made because okay. it has, I think, the best complete story. Okay. It, Even it though it kind of... It had a middle, it had an end. If that was the only movie uh-huh. that we had, you could follow it, uh-huh. and it was great visually. The acting was good. It was just a really good story. Okay, and the fact, but here's the thing: is is I, I'm going to debate your your assertion, assertion that it's a self-contained movie because the whole sequ- the final sequence at the end, where they basically craft this very elaborate handoff to the original 1977 Star Wars. I, you, okay, but here's a question. If you cut out that scene, mm-hmm. would it have made the movie any less good? I know, and I, I'm with you. It is one of my favorites of the Star Wars franchise. Um, I just, I'm, I'm curious as to you know the, the beginning, the middle, and end, where the end is just so intrinsic to the beginning of another movie entirely. So it's... Mm-hmm. See, look at that. We got intellectual there for a moment. Yay. Um, <laughs> yes, we can think. Um, but no, and I, but I'm with you on that one. Uh, you know, it is an excellent movie, but, you know, we're, we're, do you rank that higher than even, you know, the fan favorite of Empire? My problem with Empire is because it is not a complete story, mm-hmm. you can't, as much as people want to, you can't unhook it from Jedi. Right. It's, it, is a, it ends with a cliffhanger. 
which not many which movies dare to do Jedi these days. is the weakest of the original trilogy. Okay, and I'm fine with that assertion. I mean, you asked me how I felt about the, the, the new one, mm-hmm. the new trilogy, and I said I can't really judge it until I get the rest of the story. All right, so you're going to have to see The Last story. Jedi, and you're going to have to see Awakens from His Nap, um, you yeah. know, to... <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I've tentatively called the third movie, you know, because the last it, you've got the Force Awakens, the Last Jedi from his nap. That's the way it's going to flow together. <laughs> All right, so that's the working title of the third movie when it comes out. And uh, so when you see those three movies together, you're going to be able to set that that story aside and and judge it and compare it to the yes. rest of the the saga, the rest of the franchise. Yes. All right. I mean, people want to separate Empire from Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. They want to. They want to, but they can't the because there's so, so much hinging. And the other one is so problematic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the but teddy bear I dance party at the end is always throws me off. Between the two movies, it's one story. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. And what makes Empire so great mm-hmm. is George Lucas didn't write it. <laughs> or direct She's right. Yeah, you can't, I can't argue you can't that argue point at all. That. I can't argue can't that argue point that at point. all. I mean, his... And there's his, only so much uh, work Carrie Fisher could do on the scripts during that time. Right. And I mean, his yeah. his authoring of dialogue is... It's he can tell infamous. a good story, but he can't write the dialogue. He can't write the dialogue. Yeah, See, that's it. I appreciate George Lucas more for like his impact on the film industry as well. Yeah. Because I want to hear from my cinematographer. Prior to Go ahead. Like, George Lucas, there was a lot of um, linear editing, and mm-hmm. he really didn't want to edit that way. And he's like, "Let's get the technology out there, and let's try to do this, you know, all the digital technology." And mm-hmm. he wanted to do non-linear editing, so he was on the forefront of that, not the only one doing it. Eventually, Avid came out, and they started their program. I'm going to stop you just for a second, because I because we are the the uneducated when oh, it comes yeah. to certain terms. So, so tell me a little editing? bit about the difference between linear and non-linear editing. Linear editing is basically reel-to-reel, where you're actually splicing the the video uh-huh. and connecting the actual film. Okay. Where non-linear is when you're, you put it on a computer interface, and now you can edit this scene before you come and edit that scene. You can move things around more. Okay. You don't have to edit in order. All right. So you're not building the movie from, from beginning to end. You can kind of put the pieces yeah. together. In, in, well, and a then, lot of movies mm-hmm. aren't shot from beginning to end. Right. You shoot the end today, you shoot the beginning tomorrow, uh-huh. you shoot the middle some other day. Uh-huh. It's not mm-hmm. shot that way, so he wanted to edit that way. Sean Astin actually had an anecdote about that when they were doing uh, Lord, of the, Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. He said the very first scene that he remembers recording was him coming back and picking up the you know Sam's daughter and saying, you know, well, I'm home. And that was one of the first scenes he did as a hobbit. He's like, where'd I go? Was the very <laughs> was the very first the, the very first scene he did was one of the last scenes of the movie. So all right, so I get <laughs> yeah. that. Okay. So I that mean, was so confusing. He kind of yeah. pioneered in that okay. avenue of getting that done. So um because of the Star Wars movies and other movies that came after that that's become the way we edit now and mm-hmm. it's a lot easier mm-hmm. well i assume you know assembling the story bit by bit you know that's and then having the bits just kind of yeah, hanging out there ready. yeah until everything's shot and then shooting it yeah all right all right, so we got a little, little see. This has been an educational, educational experience for me today, <laughs> and that's what we were hoping really, to do. Is... I have learned a lot today so far, and I love that. I love that There'll very much. There will be a quiz later. There will be a quiz later. Oh, I'm going to fail it automatically. <laughs> I was not a good student. He's I worked. Playing with Mr. You're not T. the only yeah. one. I've been sitting with the. Yeah, I've been playing with the Mr. T bobblehead doll in front of me. So, all right. So where where, where where are we going to take this from here? We're going to keep talking. Let's keep talking about Star Wars. Do you have, do you have some more points about that one, Cher? 
Um, the only thing, and since you already swore, I'll say this, and if you guys choose to cut it out um, mm-hmm. afterwards, that's oh, fine. Oh, bring it on. Um, Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, there is a line in the John Scalzi a blog post uh, mm-hmm. that base, and I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I did not write down the exact quote. Okay. But it's basically star, the Star Wars trilogy is George Lucas masturbating to Joseph Campbell and getting all of us to pay to watch the money shop. Wow. Damn. I do remember reading that line. <laughs> I know which one you're talking about. And I think that was actually where I turned off the article at that point is when I just basically, I'm like, <laughs> So really? are you turning off this podcast now? No, I wouldn't no. do that. I wouldn't do that. But <laughs> I was, I mean, I, it sounds really harsh. Yeah, it does. Point, I th- it does. Ahead. I understand because it's something you love. Uh-huh. And, I've, and you know me, I've never been, I mean, I like Star Wars, but I've never been the fan that you are. Yeah. So You've I can look at it and, and go, okay, what is he talking about here? And mm-hmm. basically what he was talking about is he created this mythology. Right. And everything went to serve the mythology. Right. Whether it was a good story, whether it made sense to the story, whether it was going to work. He, and he made the movies he wanted to make, and good for him. Mm-hmm. That's great. Everyone should be so lucky. Yeah, but true. We have to accept that he didn't make. He doesn't care if we watch him or not. Okay. He made and he kept remaking them. <laughs> yeah, that's that's another thing that really always bothered me was just how many times there was a new new version of it coming out. It was almost like it was like the, Douglas Adams had like what six different versions of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that were that were rolling around at one point or another. There's the mm-hmm. original book. There's the radio the, show. The radio, the TV, two or three different movies, and then another book series that was kind of edited and whatnot before he passed away. And and even that, it it, it kind of dents your appreciation for the original story. And and I would give anything right now. I would give anything for a clean copy of the original 1977 Star Wars that has that no, hasn't been edited that hasn't been edited or added to or anything. I would just love to be able to see mm-hmm. it in its original form just once. We might have that on Laserdisc. You might have that on Laserdisc. We might. Do we have a Laserdisc player, Andy? I used to have one. Oh, I don't wow. know if we right next to your Betamax. I don't think we have a beta. <laughs> and your TRS-80? Not 100% positive. But I think um, we might be able to find it on Fire Stick. You might be able to find it on Fire Stick these days? Yeah. Possibly. I Maybe. don't know. Chances are we'll it's see. probably the editor version. Mm-hmm. Because I would love to be able to just see it again and just try to remember what it felt like to appreciate it the first time around. You know, that would well, be a Han thing. Han Solo not running into the 20 million stormtroopers that were there. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, even yeah. that. You know, the little, all the little things, which are, you know, oh, it's, oh, it's so cool. But, you know, okay, it's cool, but, you know, I'd like to... Yeah. Remember it the way I remember it from when I was seven, you know, almost 40 years ago now. Oh, my God. I'm old. I thought right. you said four years ago. I'm like. What else you got for me, kiddo? 40. 40. <laughs> okay. Well, um, did you want to know some of the ones that I had on my list that Absolutely. were not on That is given. That Absolutely. Is, there, I don't even have to think about saying yes to that one. Absolutely. Okay. A couple of them are strictly just I like these movies. Okay. Um, there's The Last Starfighter. Oh, okay. see, a classic. And, and like, I, I admit, I admit freely, like I said earlier, it was really hard to put my was list that together. Was the one that came to, like, the, the, to Earth and it was part of, uh... No, the kid was playing the video game and it was actually a recruiting tool. And so yeah. this, this, yeah, yeah the, the alien nation came and found Robert him and recruited Preston him. Robert and, Preston and... Oh, I loved that movie. Yeah. That, that was just a fantastic movie. It was, who was the, it was Lance Guest was the, uh, the kid. Yeah, I, I and I that. think in a lot of ways it was slightly groundbreaking because before that, um, most um, sci-fi was really for adults. Right. Kids liked them, 
teens like them, but that was the first one that was really made for a teen audience. Right. Mm-hmm. Main Absolutely. character was a teenager. It had things that kids from the time could relate to, mm-hmm. like with the video games and everything. And it was just a fun movie, in my opinion. And I agree with you completely on that one. It was a fantastic movie. Uh, give me, give me another one. <clears throat> Enemy Mine. Another oh, that's okay, right here. another great '80s sci-fi. Absolutely, uh, Luke yeah. Gossett Jr. Luke and Dennis Quaid. Jr. and Dennis Quaid. I loved that it was very much a okay. Two different people stuck have to have to work together, mm-hmm. and they find that they have more in common. And it really changed Dennis Quaid's character. It who did. He was and how he reacted to things. I really liked that. How at the, at the very end he goes to the you know the the alien home planet and and presents. You know the child, uh, and and does that whole speech at the end. I thought that was fantastic, and and I love it when when you can bring back classic stories and show the timelessness of the of the the central core message, because that still applies to today. We have these these big divides, and there's still commonality that we've kind of glossed over. We we ignore almost. So there's there's a timelessness to a story like that. Yeah, and what I also love is that, <laughs> and then when that child brought his own child. Mm-hmm. And had to recite the lineage. Yep. Dennis Quaid's character was added. His name was added to their lineage. And that's phenomenal. That that was that was always the part that gave me chills when that when I was watching that movie. Yeah, absolutely. And, and when they were trying to learn each other's language, you know, early on in the movie, that was hilarious. It just yep. it ended to that that, and it wasn't that slapstick. You know, we're trying to we're trying to make you laugh. It was just a very natural, organic kind of how it unfolded. There was there was comedy there just because of the way the two were interacting with each other, and I, I thought that was great. As a cinematographer, Dolly, do you ever do you ever see these, some of these eighties no. movies? No, I've seen right. The Last Starfighter, but I haven't seen. You, you got some mind. homework ahead of you. I, I've heard of uh, The Last Starfighter. I think uh, Mom talked to me about it. Uh huh. I think we'll have a movie I'll... night at my house soon. We'll we'll, we'll do that. <laughs> we'll have an eighties eighties sci fi movie night. Cherry, what else you I'm got for me? Down. Um, I've got um, The Matrix. Okay. As long as we pretend that the se- the second and third ones never existed. I'm with you. Okay. And I think that's why I kind of skirted around Matrix when it came time to the original uh, formation of this list. Uh, because, I mean, you can look at it as an action movie that uses science, science fiction to kind of give you those 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 opportunities to have the cool visuals and the, and the, and the, the acrobatics and whatnot. But I also, when you have the first movie is very powerful, and then the second movie and third movie ruin that power. Uh, I yeah. just, I, I felt like yeah. I wanted to kind of steer away from that particular franchise. The, and the reason why <laughs> I'm able to divorce it from the other ones is because if the other two had never been made, it was still a complete story. Exactly. Yeah. You can, you can, le- you can carve that first one off and just roll with it. She physically just divorced. All the movies from the first one. She said, "Nope, <laughs> nope, <go> done." <laughs> Animatrix doesn't exist. It's all well, good. I can do that with Star Wars. Uh-huh. I don't think you need to. If, if something horrible had happened to George Lucas after Star Wars was made, mm-hmm. and it was the only movie made, it would still be a great movie. And I still think it would be that that franchise or that um, that global cultural kind of impact. Mm-hmm. It still would have Absolutely. that kind of impact to this day. It, I mean, it didn't need to go any further ended. than that and be good. So that mm-hmm. I can divorce Star Wars, whereas I can't Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Because of Return of the Jedi. Yes, because it right. was part of one story. I'm with you. I'm with you. See, so I, so Empire and Return of the Jedi are step, stepchildren. <laughs> they're, 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 two, they're one movie and two. They're redheaded stepchildren. Don't say that, <laughs> don't say that when, you, when you have a redhead on the phone. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I just said stepchildren. I didn't yeah. go anywhere no, else. Dolly, Dolly threw the redheaded stepchildren in. 
I actually, you know what? I dated a redheaded chi- uh, stepchild once. They were really not that much of a problem. <laughs> she was really kind of nice. I'm dating a daywalker. Hey, I was a redheaded stepchild. There you actually, go. No, I was blonde as a child. You so. were, yeah, Red's I was going to say. Natural, so. That's all right, honey. All right, what else are we going? Where are we going from here? Okay, the next one is very problematic, okay. and I will not go down with this ship, but it's <laughs> one that I enjoy, and I think visually it's fun, and that's Tron. You know, Tron. I okay. No, I got. I'll respect that. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Um, I never did see this the second one that came out a few years oh, ago. I've seen uh, Tron Legacy. How I, was it? It was good. Was it good? Yeah. I know Olivia uh, Wilde was in it, and that's definitely a draw for my attention because you know, guy, I'm good with that. Um, but it doesn't, uh, it doesn't hurt that Bruce Boxleitner was just here. See, he was just here, so that's <laughs> a, it's definitely in the forefront of my of my mind. Um, no, Tron is definitely a, a quality yes. added add to the list. That no, that's I won't, I won't argue that one. Um, now, was Tron the one they were on the bikes and they were going mm-hmm. all around? Mm-hmm. There was the game. You yeah. live in the computers. Mm-hmm. It was, I think, our really our first in-your-face exposure to uh, an imaginary version of it, nonetheless, but virtual reality. You know, yeah. Yeah. that was our first introduction to virtual reality as a as a thing, as something that would pop up in literature and in in in, in film and TV and stuff like that. So I think that's why Tron was groundbreaking in that yes, regard. Yes, I I've seen both. Yes, you have. I've only seen the one. Mm. And I've seen the one often. And you know what? The dude is in Tron. The, so. Oh, Jeff Bridges? Yeah, Jeff Bridges. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Tron ha- should just have, if, if they make a third Tron, there needs to be a rug that ties the whole room together. And then that would be the perfect movie. I make a big Lebowski reference and the room goes dead <laughs> silent. I love it. I love That's it. That's not one of my favorite movies. Now, if you talk to Randy, he yeah. would tell you. Oh, he absolutely. Yeah, your husband loves The Big Lebowski. But anyway, all right, so where are we going from Tron? Okay, um, you know I'm, I'm quite the Trekkie. Yes, I do. But I am not a huge fan of the original series. I liked oh. the movies, but not the way you did. Uh-huh. So I had different views on the best Star Trek films than okay. you did in your honorable mention. All right, and you, you and I have um, spoken about TV series, so I want to hear what you have to say about the movies. Okay, uh, mine is, my, my top uh, is Star Trek First Contact. Okay, Borg Hard, gotcha. Yep, loved that movie, mm-hmm. thought it was great. Mm-hmm. And I think um, of the newer ones, of the reboot, I think the first one is the most important. Okay. It may not be the best, I will agree Beyond was fantastic, mm-hmm. but if the first one, if we hadn't been able to, as a viewing audience, accept the recasting of these characters, mm-hmm. the next two never would have happened. Yeah, absolutely. The first one told us we could do that. This was possible, mm-hmm. and it could be enjoyed. Now, I I am a I have experienced a lot of JJ hate out on the on the I'm internet. I'm not a fan of the reboots. I know you're not a fan yeah. of the reboots, Billy. I'm gonna, and I'm going to ask you why because I know and I know we've talked about it before, but I know Sherry probably has not heard that because some of our discussions have been off air. Um, but I'm going to say that for me, the, the, the reboot has been was phenomenal. I, I really enjoyed that first movie. Into Darkness was a little squishy because they did they did a retread of, of Rathacon, which I didn't particularly mm. appreciate. But I thought it was better. Yeah, I mean, there's there's if ends you know little. Beats. I didn't think it was a great movie. I didn't think it was a bad movie. Um, but then Star Trek. I thought Tra- it was better than Rathacon. Re- you think it was better than Rathacon? Really? Yeah. Okay, we're gonna come circling back to that because I really need to. That's that now. Now the debate's gonna begin at this point because for me, the the two the two best of the original Star Trek movies from the, one the with original the whales. 
Uh, well, the whales were fun, but I don't wouldn't consider it the best. I like the movie. Was a lot of fun. But, I like the movie. A but Rathacon and Undiscovered Country are my two favorite of the the Big original movies. Star Trek films from the fr- the original franchise and and uh, Next Generation franchise. But anyway, uh, Star Trek Beyond uh, was to me an absolutely phenomenal, complete package of of a Star Trek movie. Oh. I really enjoyed it. Was it was great. I thought it was phenomenal. I heard there's a lot of people, I think a lot of people who are espousing the J.J. hate out there have been doing it just from the beginning because they were re- ready to resist change from the outset. They didn't want to see it ever happen in the first place. So they're just going to go ahead and automatically hate him just because, uh, you know, it's not, it wasn't done right as far as they were concerned. But, and you know, whatever. If you didn't go into there with an open mind, then you're going to lose out, not me. Um, <laughs> but you said, Into Darkness is better than Wrath of Khan. That's fighting words. Yep. Them's fighting words. Let's go. Let's bring it bring it on, Blondie. Let's have let's have some fun She's now. She's not blonde. Well, she isn't she isn't at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> she is. All right. So, how what what makes Into Darkness a stronger movie? Um, I think it's uh, better cast. Mhm. I think it's better acted. Mhm. I think it's better visually. Mhm. Um, you got to understand, I've watched the original series, Star Trek, mm-hmm. and it's my least favorite mm-hmm. of the Star Trek, Trek fan, uh, franchise. Right. Um, and I know that puts me definitely in the minority. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't like William Shatner. He well, annoys me. Well, is it is it him as a person or him as an actor? I mean, I mean the, Kirk, the, original, the way he played Kirk the part. I, I mean, I'll agree with you. He's really, not one of my favorites I mean, either, but... I liked him better uh-huh. on the TV show than I liked him in the movies. I think in the movies is where we really see this. He's out of his depth. <laughs> oh, wow. I agree. I, okay. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan he's of the original. He's not a great actor. But, uh-huh. yeah, he's, he's problematic at best. Okay. Now... I mean, we can. I, I, I will praise Benedict Cumberbatch up, up, down, left, right, and center. I mean, I, I at one point was watching the original series of Sherlock, and I'm, I'm like, this is the only man on the fat planet who would actually make me consider going gay for crying out loud. But <laughs> putting, putting him, Doctor Even Stranger. Doctor Even. <laughs> There's a parody coming to a, a, a Pornhub near you. Um, but, but really casting him as a Persian. Genetically no, that enhanced was my prince. only issue. Yeah. The whitewashing of the character right. bothered me. But you know what? Ricardo Montalban? I thought he was phenomenal. He wasn't Persian either. Well, they no, but he was able him. to, he had, I think he had the, 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 the look, the feel, the, the, the vibrato, the, you know, the, this the bravado is what I meant to say, not vibrato. Wow. Christopher, go get some more sleep. You anyway. just created a new Pokemon. Yeah, I did. Did I just create a Pokemon? <laughs> I feel sad about that for some strange reason. But, uh, you know, the presence on screen of Ricardo Montalban as Khan, I mean, that's just mm. one of those things that makes that movie work for me the most. You know, the... the too over the top. Too over the top for you. Yeah. But isn't that what some of he that was, stuff is all was... about, though? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what some of that stuff, from, especially from the era of the 70s and 80s, you know, that's what it kind of is all about. But yeah, him on the TV show was mm-hmm. fine. Okay, that was fine for the time period. Mm-hmm. But when Wrath of Khan came out, he he was playing to the back of the auditorium in a movie, okay. and that doesn't work for me. Okay, I liked. I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch for all of his problems, the problems I had with the whitewashing of the character. Right, he was much more restrained. I thought that made him much more menacing. Okay. If I had the two of them in front of me, I would have been much more afraid of his con. Hmm. 
because he wasn't going to scream in your face all the time. Mm-hmm. He was, there was an intensity that made him so much scarier. And this is supposed to be a perfect man. Right. Genetically altered. Uh-huh. Yet he played him like he was a 30s villain. Okay. He should have had a mustache that he was swirling. <laughs> Curses! I would have gotten Foiled. away with it if it wasn't for you main, you're terrible meddling kids in your mangy ch- starship. Anyway, um, okay. Should I shave my mustache, Dan? You, ha- you don't have enough of a mustache to shave, Ray. I used to. It's I don't crazy. Know what happened. You've, you've got, like, the big lumberjack beard, and then there's, like, this, like, a like, dead caterpillar across your top. Right? It's like, what the hell happened to you, man? I don't know. Throughout high school, it was there. It was okay. prominent. And then, like, I left high school and... Sure, you've listened to enough of our podcast. You should be used to tangents like that at this point. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, all right. So I'm just... I'm going to have to agree to just... I understand your points. Yeah. I just... Uh, I mean, because for, for me, here's the thing. If, if Wrath of Khan did not exist... If Star Trek II was an entirely different badass movie that everybody loved, and then Into Darkness comes along and they tell the same exact story that they did in Into Darkness as it is right now, then I wouldn't be as bothered. But when you see so many strong similarities between Star Trek II and in fundamentally the J.J. Star Trek II, mm-hmm. uh, it's just like, okay, guys, come on. You, you could have gone, gone in so many different directions with it, and you did that. Like when, when Kirk is dying in the, in the reactor when it was Spock's turn in the original movie and Spock is there outside the door and he does the whole con scream. It's like I, that movie lost me right there for about five, ten minutes. I was just like, I'm going to get on my phone now and start texting somebody about something completely <laughs> different because I'm so angry about that at the moment. Yes, right. As I as I said, this was not something that I that I knew this, that we were going to disagree on this one. And I'm uh-huh. OK with that. Yeah, absolutely. Ray's got a point. He put his hand up like a no. good boy. Go ahead. As somebody who's not, sorry, don't kill me. As somebody who's not a fan of Star Trek either. Uh huh. That's fine. Um, No, that's fine. But who likes the newer ones Uh over the older ones? Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like the new ones were were meant for us. Mm hmm. For the gen, for the new generation. For for the new generation. And I understand that completely. Because absolutely. When I went and I saw the. Did, did the the first Star New Char- Star Trek even have a second title, or was it just Star Trek? Star Trek: The Motionless Picture. Okay, well, yeah, that one is terrible. <laughs> that that first just, one is god awful. I mean, oh, it's just it was a dream. Yes, it was, but I'm not a, I'm not a, tr- a Star Trek fan, but mm-hmm. I was able to say it was still a decent movie. Mm-hmm. I watched it because Captain Kurt was hot. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, now yeah. you know how me Chris and Chris felt when we went to go see Wonder Woman. <laughs> I have not seen Wonder Woman yet. As of the recording oh. of this, I have not seen Wonder Woman yet, and that's that's, Neither that's, Dolly. that's hurting Neither my. Dolly. Oh, well, Dolly, Dolly has a reason. <laughs> Dolly has a reason she didn't want to see it. I mean, I've been wanting to see this movie because oh god, Gal Gadot. But, anyway, but um, you know, I've seen teenage boys with more body than her. When I. <laughs> All right, thank you for playing, everybody. That's yeah. okay. There we go. I'll tell you. I. Oof. But I've seen the the the, the movies afterwards. Uh huh. And I have seen the older ones later Star on, Trek. Fi- finally, because uh-huh. um, my uncle owns them. So I was like, okay, I'll borrow them, I'll watch them, see what they're like. Right. And I, I personally prefer the newer ones. And that's and oh, that's cool. And that's fine. Is my microphone still on? Am I <laughs> yes. still here? Yes. yes. I'm still here? Okay. <laughs> For a minute there, I was wondering. <laughs> Did we mute you? <laughs> it's been known to happen. <laughs> I've... I've I, I also have to agree with the whole William Shatner thing. I'm sorry. I don't know. Well, you know. No. There was, what movie did he die over and over and over again? They could William just, Shatner? Mm-hmm. Could they not keep the doing Star that? The Star Trek movie. 
a Star Trek movie, oh. he died over and over uh-huh. again. Oh, it was um, <laughs> Generations with the, the handoff one where it was the first of the next generation crew. Word. He died like two not or three times. No, it was not a great the movie. The only good thing about that film is he died over and over and over again. I have to agree. Well, <laughs> but just, I'm going to make a comment about Star Trek Generations, and then I'm going to let Sherry get back the to only, her list. The only other thing I know or about... Or I'm going to let Ray talk first. Sorry, 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 sorry. That's Go okay. Go ahead. You finish your thought. Oh, the only other thing that I know about Star Trek is... Uh-huh. Pretty much what I learned from Big Bang Theory. Okay. And, See, wow. And, okay. And uh, what's his name? Who, who's on there with him? He used to be on Star Trek too. Uh, oh, Will Wheaton. Yeah. Yeah, Will Wheaton makes cameos. That's every so pretty often. much all I know about all, my my extent besides right. the, the two movies. And like I said, I thought the newer movies are better. They're than entertaining the visually. Yeah. <laughs> Star Trek as a franchise has a tendency of clinging to its own legacy way too hard. Two two massive examples of that is Star Trek Generations where they worked too hard to hand the movies off to the next generation. To, uh, mm. There should have been absolutely no tip of the hat to the original series. If it was going to be a next generation movie, start it out as a next generation movie and leave it as a next generation movie. It could have been a self-contained, nice way of, you know, and they could have you know blown up the Enterprise D and done all this other stuff to it. That's fine. All of that could have happened without Kirk and Chekhov and Scotty being a part of it and kind of becoming almost like an anchor to the story. The other and the other most glaring aspect, the other glaring example of Star Trek clinging to its own legacy way too freaking hard is when they turned the Enterprise series into a holodeck episode, basically, for Riker. You know, the, the, I don't know if anybody here is familiar with the finale of Star Trek Enterprise, no. but the entire f- the last episode was Spoiler from alert. the perspective. Oh, please. I'm not spoiling a damn thing. Uh, was from the perspective of... I just of, started watching that series. And it's a great series. I'm not going to tell you anything about the series itself, <laughs> but the final episode, basically the entire final adventure of the of the NX-01 Enterprise crew is told from the perspective of Riker being in the holodeck trying to work something out and, and Troy in the, in the background helping him deal with it. And they so in essence what happened is they created uh, this almost like Dallas Bobby's... Bobby's Year Dead was a, a dream sequence kind of a thing where the entire Enterprise <laughs> series was a holodeck simulation that Riker was going through just so he could learn the history of of, of these particular people. Oh. So, I mean, it, it's, they're saying that the, the, the stories that these, the, that these particular characters went through, they were actual, you know, Star Trek history, mm-hmm. but you're, you're, he was reviewing the whole thing so he could learn a little bit more about himself. Is in essence what I, and I was just like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. So anyway, all right, where were we? Because <laughs> we're we good at tangents. We went off on a large tangent the, to the Star Trek. Large yep. sweeping Star Trek tangent. All right, which happens? It does. Bring us back, Sherry, please. Bring, bring it on home. Okay, okay. Um, there's one last thing that was the thing that really made me angry. But before we get there, I promised uh, my daughter. Okay. That I would mention a couple of her favorites. A big shout out to uh, Alana Spink because she's awesome and she's she is the the mighty monkey wench. Yep, this is monkey. This is monkey girl's um, list. All right, um, so let's hear it. And she she is eighteen, so uh-huh. it's mostly newer stuff. All right, that's cool. Okay, um, and she, there's two Disney films on her list. One is Lilo and Stitch. I love awesome. Lilo and Stitch. Oh my Definitely god! Definitely qualifies because of spaceships. Cried. Me too. I cried <laughs> with the ducky part. No, <laughs> when they were going to take her another away from her family. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, another is what she considers to be the most underrated Disney film ever made, and uh-huh. that is Atlantis, The Lost Empire. I have to 100%. That is a great agree. movie. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. Although I would, I'm curious <laughs> to cite, well, okay, because it fits in steampunk. 
It really does. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about steampunk yeah. being an offshoot of sci-fi. So I can okay, I see how that fits. Gotcha. I can't wait yep. till that goes live. And we action. think of we think of sci-fi as being futuristic technology from our point of view. But if you think about a movie that's play, that's takes place in 1914, mm-hmm. that was extremely advanced technology that did not exist. So well, in my opinion, that's it. That's mm-hmm. why Jules Verne is considered the master of science fiction. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. Because he was, all right. So the good. I'm, I'm loving Monkey's list so far. Um, she agrees with the Star Trek reboot. Okay. In the 2009. Awesome. She loved Passengers. I had not we seen had that. Is that Jennifer that Lawrence and Chris did. Pratt? Yes. I had not seen that one. I need to see Chris All right, Pratt. I need to see that one. Uh, <laughs> Dolly, yeah. Dolly's priorities are clear right now. That's on the fire stick. Uh-huh. I know that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go ahead. Keep and going. I was, I was keeping her from putting too many, because um, she's very into uh, comic book movies, mm-hmm. superhero movies. and gotcha. I, 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 uh, But she made a case for one that I allowed her to put it on, and that was Guardians of the Galaxy. I mm-hmm. kind of, as soon as you brought, oh, yeah. mentioned comic awesome. book movie, I saw that was coming. Now, yeah. has she seen the second because one, too? She's seen volume two? <laughs> no, we have not yet. All right. But that and Wonder Woman are like on our, we have to do this immediately. All right. Like, as soon as you get off the phone with me, take her to the theater right now. <laughs> That's the best okay, way to play it. And the last it. one is, it's on both of our lists. Mm-hmm. And this is the one where I got probably the most angry at the original podcast. Okay. And I yelled the most. Okay. <laughs> I, know I, I emailed, I texted you right after it saying, yeah, don't ever have me on the show because... <laughs> and then what did I do? I invited you right to the show. Because <laughs> I do what I'm told. a couple months later. I do what I'm told. It's all good. Anyway, go ahead. Hit me. And the, the one that's on both of our lists is actually two films, and it's both the Ghostbusters. Both okay. the original and the reboot. Uh-huh. I do like the reboot. I have not seen the reboot yeah. yet. I haven't seen the reboot yet either, either, but I, I love I like Ghostbusters. Yeah. I love the original. I can't do the reboot. I think I like... Did I think you see I it? I prefer the I, reboot for some reason because... I really just can't get myself to watch it. Uh-huh. I looked at the previews and I'm like, the the black girl is like the... Like I'm a, a black girl. Well, like, so it's the, so, like, the stereotype face, kind of a thing. So stereotypical. Gotcha. And I, Don't it was just... pay attention. To, they made the worst previews for that movie. Okay. It's so not it's what it looks like. It's just the cast. It really isn't. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm willing to give it a shot. I agree that two doesn't ex- Ghostbusters two does not exist. Okay. <laughs> Although what, sadly, did did you see the the kid that played the the baby in Ghostbusters two committed suicide? Oh yeah, that was a story week. recently. Yeah. There was oh. the one of the twins. Yeah, he had been struggling uh, depression and yeah. other oh, really? disorders for a long time. The, the the other twin is just you know obviously heartbroken, but we made a statement about it recently. Although I agree, the oh. Ghostbusters reboot is hugely enjoyable. I really okay. liked it. So. I have not seen it yet, but it wasn't from a lack of trying. It was just mm-hmm. one of those things I just didn't get around to doing. See, so for me, the reason ahead, why I couldn't watch it is because, I mean, you have Ghostbusters uh-huh. the original, and it didn't seem like they were like just an offshoot. Like a lot of the movies, like Twenty One Jump Street came out, and they kind of did a little nod to the original mm-hmm. series. And instead of doing like that, like kind of like a nod to the original, they kind of just try to remake it. And I thought it was something that uh, they, really they didn't did a nod in that every remake. cast member is in it. Okay. Every cast member that wanted to has a cameo in the film. Or was able to because every you know Harold Ramis isn't with us anymore. Oh, his there's a, a bust of him. Had, he was not forgotten. That's that, awesome. There's a bust of him outside of uh, Kristen Wiig's uh, office. In the okay, movie. good. Yep. Their original characters, though. Um, no, no, no. See, that's where my problem is. All right, so again, that's where you're saying it. Instead of just a nod back, it, they they should have they they rewrote it instead of doing a nod. Yeah. is what you're saying. Okay, I, I get that point. Okay. I'm, all right. 
Um, the reason why, when you guys were discussing it, that I got so angry is mm-hmm. because there was a lot of, oh, I haven't seen it, oh, I haven't seen it, the one that said yes, it was, it was, it was enjoyable. And then one person, I can't remember who it was, says, yeah, I'm never going to see it. I don't remember who it was. But I like it was how you a... look at me, Ray. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't she was <laughs> even a part of that one. It was, it was a male might, voice. It was a male voice. It may have been Wayne. It might have been Wayne. I'm wondering. It might have been. Yeah. It was no, you know what? I know who it was. It was Tony. Was it Tony? Tony said that because yeah. Tony Tony can be very opinionated about certain movies based on trailers. I've noticed that about him is that he will he will definitely put his foot down and and, and stick to his guns on that one. And well, you know, I give him I give him credit. He's he's 19. He's got a lot to learn yet. So you know. Yeah, my issue with this film is mm-hmm. that um, is that I've heard so many people, and I'm sorry to say it's mostly been men mm-hmm. who have said, "Oh my God, this is just awful. You can't remake Ghostbusters." I That's love the new movie. How many class? My many God, they're remaking everything else. Why not? Have you sat through? Mm-hmm. How many versions of the Time Machine have you sat through? How many uh-huh. versions of all of these superheroes have mm-hmm. new? Every couple of years, Batman gets redone. Right. And people are like willing to give them the chance. I, I need. So hollowed I'll tell you what I'm going to see. I, I, they're, they're, so fu- they're so close to running completely out of ideas. I'm expecting a, a remake of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes at any time. Oh, I got it. And I would go see that. I'm sure you would. I'm <laughs> sure you would. The, I'll, I'll be in the theater for that. That's see, we'd be in the front row. <laughs> it's like it's like all the Planet of the Apes George movies Clooney? that are coming out. Hmm? Isn't George Clooney in Attack of the Killer Tomatoes? I don't think George Clooney is in Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Hold on, I'll look. We'll, we'll look. I, we just I wouldn't mention, doubt it. We just don't mention George, George Clooney being in Batman. That's it. We replace. <laughs> we we take but him out. Val Kilmer was worse. <laughs> I respect they Val Kilmer over the over. Killer over donuts. Attack of the Killer Donuts. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Is that a documentary about Dunkin' Donuts or? I it's Tim a documentary Morton's? about diabetes. Diabetes. <laughs> diabetes. Diabetes. Well, All right. So you were shouting and screaming because we didn't. Seventy-eight. Okay. So you're shouting and screaming because we didn't include Ghostbusters in our original list. No, because of the way it... No, I mean, I don't have a problem. I mean, okay. people can have what they want on their list. Gotcha. It was this whole idea of, so many, well, yeah, I don't want to see it because, oh, how can they remake Ghostbusters? Mm-hmm. Ghostbusters, really, I mean, it was, yes, it was a great film. It was funny as hell. Yeah. But I think that the second one, I laughed hysterically. I've seen it four times. Okay. I've enjoyed it every single yes. time. I'm looking These here. are some of the best comedic actors, not just actresses, but actors out today, mm-hmm. and I they disagree. were amazing. It was not a reboot of the exact same story. It was their own story, okay. which I liked. I had a lot of people tell me, oh, yeah, I don't want to see it because I don't want to see them do the same story. It's not the same story. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's people in a situation is that is somewhat similar, but it's not exact. Right. And I think they were respectful and I think they did a really good job of it. And I think that any movie that makes $229 million, people need to stop talking about it being a flop. I'm with you on that one. I didn't see that. And that, that last piece of, of information I definitely agree with. Now, I'm going to come over here to Dolly because you, Cherry, had made a, a, a statement of talking about extolling the you know, the virtues of, of Kate McKinnon and, and Melissa McCarthy and, and Kristen Wiig and Kirsten Wiig. Kristen or Kirsten? doesn't matter I at the moment. I think they're all very Kristen. over the top and... I don't know. They remind me of like when you're little and you're watching Nickelodeon and mm-hmm. the all that cast. You're like, ah, I'm so in your face. I think but isn't that important for a comedy though? Too, too over the top. You think so? I, I think there's something like that. Are, it's Go ahead. cheesy to me. Okay. How are they any more over the top than Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, Dan Aykroyd is a caricature of Dan Aykroyd, really, half the time. I mean, in the original podcast, somebody said, yeah, it's just like it was just an SNL skit. Well, what are all the original guys from? I think it was great that they used SNL alumni for uh-huh. it because that really was where it came from. I mean, other than Melissa McCarthy, that's mm-hmm. where they all came from, and that was great. Well, I, I will freely admit I cannot comment on the reboot Ghostbusters because I simply have not watched it yet. So I, I'm, I, and it's, I. I've not been resistant to it. It's just it's been one of those things that just has not happened. And I will make a point of fixing that as soon as I can. Like, but first, you know, Wonder Woman is a priority. Um, <laughs> and George Clooney was in Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Right. He was in Return one. of the Killer Tomatoes. Okay, yes. okay, all right. I'm trying to find the worst possible funny ass spoof. Uh, movie to, to make. Oh yeah, they'll do a remake of this, and you guys actually find that they've already done it. That's awesome. Well, they had like Please. three or four they, of those. They made a movie out of um, uh, board games. That's true. They have Jumanji and uh, and mean, Battleship. Jumanji, they have Sharknado. Oh. Oh, 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 I got oh, it. Wait, I got no, it. they've even had more. What? They've had Return of the Killer Tomatoes, Killer Tomatoes Strike Back. Oh my God! Killer Tomatoes Eat France. Wow. And I have We're seen every single one of them. You have? Yes. That's I love amazing. awesomely bad movies. <laughs> um, Billy, here's oh, If you too. like awesomely bad movies, uh-huh. go on YouTube and look for something called It Came from Hollywood. Oh, oh I love that it, movie. Isn't That's that a awesome? great movie. It was all SNL, old SNL people it was who the, were going through and talking about bad sci-fi movies. It was Mystery Science Theater before Mystery Science Theater existed. Yes. I actually saw yes. it at the theater. Awesome. That's amazing. All right, here's one. Here's a remake I want to see. Are you ready, Billy? Yes. This, this might be obscure for a couple people. Okay. I want to see Plan 10 from Outer Space. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Let's see if it happens. Plan, there's Plan 9 from Outer Space. I want to see Plan 10. That's <laughs> it. It's an 1995. Ed, no. Happened. Are you kidding me? Does that really exist? 1995, <laughs> yeah. Are January. you? F- oh, my God. I was like... <laughs> One. I can't even. Stephanie Russell and Karen Black, who you may remember from the airport movie. Oh my God! So that movie actually exists. Here I am trying to reach out into the imagination, and people are actually remake see- Troll Two. Huh? What's this remake Troll Two. Troll Two. Yeah. Okay. We. Can we just get Gremlins? It's official at this point. People. Um, We're out of ideas. The Hollywood <laughs> is out of ideas. Can we just get Gremlins? Gremlins? I love Gremlins. I think they were talking about well, there was a Gremlins too. I thought it one. Yeah, there is. There's there a Gremlins is. too. Actually, oh, I'm I, talking about like you want a new Gremlins. You want it, well, actually, the guy who was in the Gremlins movie, like the uh-huh. one who owned Gizmo, uh-huh. he's actually been talking about trying to get a new Gremlins. Movie. I saw him oh, at, a, at a panel in okay. uh, Toronto last year or two years ago, where he was saying the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. Good they were God, talking y'all. about filming one. All right. I read a lot of articles. Well, here we are. I, I'm going to say at this point, I'm looking at my watch, and I'm like, we have, we have reached the end of, of this particular conversation for now. Um, a huge thank you to you, Sherry Albersgay. Much, so much appreciated to have you on board. And we are definitely going to call you back and have you on more casts in the future, dear, because uh, it was just way too much fun to have your, your input on things. So I'm going to wrap this one up. So for Billy, for Tanya, for Ray, for Dolly, for Sherry, and myself, this has been Monkey Business, a product of the Mighty Monkey Corporation. Purveyors and producers of the Flower City Comic Con coming at you June 9th and 10th of 2018 at our old homestead, the Rochester Riverside Convention Center. Like us on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash FC3ROC, and we will see you all next week. 